Okay, as promised, I'm giving you the recording of the office hour slash open to all teaching I did on sharing a message, uh, getting over our nerves of public speaking. And it went on. There was quite a few people there. So I've cut this out. I've, I've edited it down so that you didn't hear the questions that people asked. You're just going to hear the majority of what I taught and had to say. And these are a lot of my own practices, a lot of the things that I have to work through every time I'm going to get up and share the message. This excites me because your voice matters. And I hope that you will step forward to deliver a message and not just deliver a message, but live out the message. So enjoy this. Uh, This is just for you guys who are hanging out with me in the closer places. If it blesses you, great. Leave a comment. Let's talk it up a bit. Any questions you have, I'll check back too. And uh, don't be afraid to share it with someone else and get someone else. All they got to do is give the email so that I can continue to deliver this stuff right into your inbox. So very blessed by you guys. Love you so much. Hope this blesses you. And let me know what else you guys want me to teach or talk about. Right? Elisa Keaton talks. Here we are. Have a good day. See you guys. Peace. Good. All right. Well, if you're listening after the replay, you missed my beginning part about the fact that they are instruments. Your body is an instrument. Your voice is part of that instrument. And so you have to practice. This is a practice. Practice as much as you can. Exodus 4, 10 through 12 says this. You all know it. If you struggle with public speaking, you're like, yes, I get you, Moses. I remember when God asked me to speak and to write. I was like, are you kidding me? But Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. I am not eloquent. I've never been known for being eloquent. (laughs) Not then, not now. But I am slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. I will be with your mouth and teach you. Remember the context, Moses didn't think he was qualified, but Moses had a heart for the people. Remember, Moses's heart was right. God's calling you. This is in your, this is in you because you have a heart for it. Like, and it, it starts to feel uncomfortable. Like when you're like, I know I'm supposed to do this. I hate it, but I know I'm supposed to do it. That's good. That's the spirit opposed to the flesh and the flesh is opposed to the spirit. So God's doing something. So don't despise that. Moses, the man who frees God's people had this. We can be in good company that we feel that too, but God shows up. So first thing I want to say about this is the confession that we're weak and he is strong. So that's good, right? That's good news. These are good. If you were a really good speaker, I'd be concerned. Actually, and I know people who are very gifted at speaking. It comes very natural to them and they do it really well and it's really cool to watch. But then they know they put a lot of confidence in it. And like Mm -hmm. they don't really like have that weakness to need God's strength. There's other places. I've known a few pastors who have actually, that's led them to idolatry. It's led them to being, to feeling too confident in their flesh. I have confidence. You put me in front of people and want to move them. I gotcha all day long. I'm not nervous. I know what to do. (laughs) Confidence. 
But God has left the weakness because it's not about the movement. It's about the message. What I'm saying is what matters more and then what they're doing. If I get those words right, then he moves. So first thing you need to be thinking about is when you're going to teach a message is that you first need to be the message. In other words, if you're not living a life that is transparent before the Lord, you're being searched, you're living out the message in a way like you don't have to have it nailed, but you're living it out. You're that's good. That's good. you also have a holiness and a reverence for the word of God or for the message or the people. Like that's really important. Your heart has to be right. Your heart has to be right before you even deliver a message. And if your heart's not right, you can still deliver a message because God talks through donkeys. I finally got on this. Zoom call. <laughs> Finally got here. Um, you're, you're, the, the Lord will talk through donkeys, right? He'll still use it, but you don't want it. You want the fruitfulness. You want to feel like that. Know that, ah, oh, that was as good for my soul as it was, as I think, as I gave for others. It builds, we build each other up. So make sure that you are, you know, being clear with, are you clear? Are, is there any unforgiveness in your heart? Is there anything at all that you might be pride keeping you from a pure heart before the Lord? Because who can ascend God's holy hill but him with clean hands and a pure heart? So you have to prepare your heart to be a, to be a vessel to hold the word of God in you to then go pour it out and then to receive more. And again, don't hear that as legalistic. Just hear it as accountability before the Lord. Okay. And then the very important question to ask, first question is, why do you want to speak? Why? Why do you want to speak? What's your why? And this cannot be from wanting people to want you. You can't. If, I mean, you can. There's a lot of people in the world that will do that. But you also love people, so that's good. <laughs> it's, a, it's this weird tension of, well, I want to help people. But you don't have, if you need people to affirm you and say, good job, it's going to crush you. It's going to crush you because that, that, that space of vulnerability is actually the thing God's trying to work on with you. So just ask yourself, why do I want to do this? You've got to get clear about your why. And it can't be from wanting a stage. So Revelation Wellness our, our why, like my why I started was because of my who, the who I wanted to speak to. I wanted to help people. The why wasn't about me. The why was about someone else. And my why was for helping people who were hurting that were stuck, stuck in their body, stuck with something. I saw their misery. This is where Moses sees the people. It's like, oh, I want to help right? His heart was right, but his technique wasn't ready. And that's why he's like, I don't think I can do this. I don't have the mouth for it. Make sure that you know first your why, and then who is it you're trying to speak to? Who is this for? Is it for you or is it for someone else? So we at Revelation Wellness, we love to teach the students, the people that feel weak and pushed out. And then I also love teaching the leaders, those who can get we can get kind of too boastful or too caught up or too responsible and too, too high, right? Those are usually my, my, why, my who's I'm talking to. So sometimes I'm teaching to leaders and sometimes I'm teaching 
to the people that are just hurting and need need some feeding, need a, need a shepherd, someone to feed the sheep. So who do you want to speak to is really important. Who is your why? Um, the third thing I always ask myself is what do, we, what do you want them to know? What do I want them to know? So like, okay, I know my why is that I want them to know Jesus. And who is it? Anyone hurting or anyone in this particular realm, mine being in the body. And by the way, it can be yours too. It's not just mine. But what do I want them to know? That's going to be your message right there, right? What do you want them to know? And like I was saying to you guys, this, this isn't about how to craft a message, but I will give you these four quick tips on my, when I craft them, this helps me run out with the Lord about speaking, get clear about why I feel called to speak. What do I want them to know? I ask myself that question. What do I want them to know? Second, why do I want them to know it? Like, why does it matter? Who cares? So I've got to be clear about that. Third is what do I want them to do? And then the fourth question I ask is why do I want them to do it? So again, what do I want them to know? Why do I want them to know it? What do I want them to do? Why do I want them to do it? That just helps sometimes to kind of narrow it down because again, I'm speaking to that person. By the way, sometimes it's really good if you're going to public speak. Here's the cool thing. I said that you're speaking to the Lord, but your heart is often for the hurting or this like, oh, I want to help. I think I can help. I think I have something to, to, to say that'll matter, that will change someone's life, right? That could really move the needle for them. Then it's important that you think about maybe just that one person. They're, this is marketing 101. Like if someone's going to start a company, who's your avatar, they call it. What's that one person? Who is the one that I'm talking to that I hope to catch, you know, to craft this message around or whatever. But a lot of places will do that where you got to know that one person. What is she hurting with? Where is she right now? Is she shopping at the grocery store? Is she, what, what is she frustrated with? What are the pain points? You know, is she middle-aged? Is she younger? Is she older? And maybe her spouse has died. She's lonely. Like, it's good to kind of know that because then it just helps you speak to that, not everyone in the room. Sometimes that can feel too overwhelming. By the way, if you want to know more about how to craft a message really well, I highly encourage The Art of Teaching. You can go to a website called The Art of Teaching. They have, um, it's with John Mark Comer. And John Tyson, John Tyson is a pastor out of New York City. He's, I consider him a, brother, a friend and a brother, and he's so freaking good. He's incredible. Like, this is the problem. I watch John Tyson teach, and I'm like, forget it. I'm out. <laughs> he's so good. But that, and then I'm like, no, 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 that's John Tyson. I preach and teach the way I want to preach and teach, and it's all good. It all builds the body of Christ. And he's super generous with his teachings and how to, he just wants people out there doing, doing it, making disciples. So the art of teaching, you can go there. They have an online thing you can do, like conference, um, all kinds of different things. I think Jenny Allen teaches in it. Christine Kane teaches in it. John Mark Comer, a bunch of people. Okay, so now I'm going to get practical about the public speaking experience. 
right? It kind of went big theology here of like why, who, and all that. Practical tips. If someone, I'm going to assume you've been asked to speak or you feel like speaking and you've made that contact with someone. So now you're like, oh crap, this is getting real. I'm going to speak. First thing is ask the person who invited you, the host, if there's a reason they asked you to speak. Why did they choose you? What, what, why? What is it about you that they're like, this is what we see. This is how we think you can help. Because there's usually a reason. So I often will have a conversation with the host of the event or the, what, the, the conference or whatever, just to be clear on what is this, what's the purpose and why have you invited me? Uh, the second, after I know that, after I've had that conversation with them, the second thing is I pray. I ask the Lord. I sit with the Lord. Listen, I could run back to my journal and start, start doing my thing of what I think. That's, you can do that. It'll probably be a decent talk, but it won't be like, oh, you've spent time with the Father to get at what's burdening burden on his heart. That's a message that will speak. It's also a message you'll feel secure about because you're like, oh, I heard him say, like, I know that he's telling me this, this, and this. So you want to pray and ask the Lord what he wants to say. Now, here's very important. Third, be patient. <laughs> this is so hard for me. It's so hard for me because I want it like I want this done. I don't like, I'm nervous. The thing's coming, the, the, the event's coming. Tick, 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 tick. I've got to know what to say. And I, I have to just give myself space. So I know for me, and this is what you got to know for you, how much time do you need to really craft a message that doesn't feel like, oh, I got to get it done and I got to make that paycheck or they're offering me this opportunity. If it doesn't fit with your schedule of timing and rhythm, you're probably doing it in your flesh. <laughs> like you have to ask God, do I say yes to this event? Do I have time? Okay, what do you have to say? And then take the time to be patient and wait for the message. It will come in time. One of my favorite ways to hear from the Lord about a message is to walk and talk. I go on a walk. I might have some scribbled notes or I might have some, I just talk to him. Yeah, this is what I mean. That you cannot deliver a message unless you are in communication with a messenger. You can deliver a speech. You can deliver a, a talk. But if you, I'm assuming you're all here because you want to, spread the gospel. I probably should have asked that at the very beginning. If you just want to get on Ted talk, like that's something else. You want to spread the gospel. You have to be in the word, talking with the word and like really just having that, man, it's who God is. That's who Jesus was in a body. He could be here because he, the father was with him and he was with the father and he only did what he saw him doing. And there was just this, there's this intimacy with the father that he knew what to say when he needed to say it. So you got to be patient. So I like to walk and talk with God. If I start to feel panicked about, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. No, no, no. I've, no, <laughs> it'll, it'll be good. And I always have, there's always stuff, you know, stuff. It's just in you. So for me walking and as rev instructors, you probably know that too. Maybe just get on a elliptical or a bike or just kind of just hang out with the Lord, sing songs, talk, like he'll start to download you. Then for me, it's no less than a week out, no less than a week out. 
I start writing what I'm going to say. I start taking all this little stuff. Oh, by the way, when I go out for walks or I'll just be anywhere, I'll start a file and I'll start shoving stuff in that file. I call that the rhema. That's the rhema where like God's saying that, put that over there in the file, put that over there. So I've just got a bunch of mad scribblings about this this specific need or topic or thing that I've been invited to talk on. And I'm just kind of all this mishmash. But in about a week out, I've already sorted through it and I've now have created some type of a, a where I'm going with this, where I am and where I'm going to end with it. Again, what do they need to know? Why do they need to know it? And I'm kind of addressing those questions in the message. If you guys want me to do a whole nother teaching on crafting a message, I will do, I, we can do that another office hour. So no less than a week out, I'm writing it down and then I'm beginning to practice it that last week and maybe even two weeks out, depending on how, how much time I can. But I, that last week, I am really just honed in on that message of talking it through, practicing out loud. Practicing out loud is so, so important. Some people don't need it. They can get up there and do it, but you got to know where you're going in your notes. You got to know something of like, where am I starting and where am I ending? Otherwise, again, you you lose people. John Tyson says, if there's haze in the pulpit, there's confusion in the crowd. Like if it's hazy for you and you don't know where you are, then they they are confused. You kind of got to know where you're starting and where you're going. But here's what's really cool about that. If you know where you're starting and where you're going, don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit takes you somewhere. (laughs) But you didn't expect to go. And then you can go there, but you can come back, go. And then you fly. I kind of see it for me when I'm practicing. I'm working through what I've already said I'm going to say. But then I'm also going, I find myself all of a sudden I'm just preaching something I didn't expect to preach. I'm like, oh, I didn't hear that. That's actually, I'm going to work. I'm going to leave that and make a note to maybe let myself go with that because it just came out of nowhere. So start writing it down. There's a saying, write to speak and speak to write. That's a really good phrase. I actually never used to do this, but I've started to do this. I, I write out what I'm going to say, and then I say it a lot. I practice it. I practice it on my treadmill. I practice it as I go for a walk. Then I begin to let it go. Does that make sense? Like, I don't get up there and read a script but I know what I'm going to say on the chunks of the things that I'm going to say. This is again, falling probably more into how to craft a message, which I think is why people feel nervous because they don't know like, ah, what am I doing with this message? So I I don't have time to go there right now, but make sure that you you're practicing. That's all I have to say. You got to hear your, again, use your voice. Get up in front of a a mirror. I don't like to stare at my mirror. I like to stare out my window. I like to like get on my feet talk out loud, get on my elliptical, talk out loud. I'll I'll talk the message. Okay. You can do bullet points if you want. Some do script. Um, if you get, I want to also just say this. If you just stood up there and read a script, it's still good. Like we've put so much pressure on people to be these big performers on stage. Who cares? Throw that off. Like, but if you're going to read it as a script, as a monologue, Use your voice. Read it as if you care. Read. Don't just da 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 da. da right. Like, be in it. 
be engaged. You know who's really good at this? Jackie Hill Perry. Watch how Jackie Hill Perry delivers a message. She uses a manuscript. She's got a computer right in front of her, and she'll read. But she talks, and she goes, hi. And she, she has a Martin Luther King about her. It's beautiful. And she can just, like, take that script and bring it alive. She's also a poet, so she likes to really flower it. It's, it's beautiful. So don't feel there's, like, oh, I'm so weak because I need my script. You can use a script. But, but remember who you're talking to. Remember, it's God. You want him to be moved. You want the Holy Spirit to invade you. So anyways, um, but some people do bullet points. I will script it, script it, script it for the most part. And then the last two days, I just go to bullet points. And then I don't rely so much on the script because I already know what I'm going to say regarding those bullet points. Does that make sense? Is this helping you at all? Okay. Okay. It's, it's like I said, this is a practice. I'll probably be different next year. Um, so that's like weeks out, two, three weeks out. Now, before, before the day, back into this one week out or before the day, I practice, practice, tell you guys this all the time. You practice for the audience of one. And I have some of my best preaching sessions when I'm just talking to God as I'm practicing what I think he's put on my heart. And I think you will too if you let yourself just speak. If you can get into the space that you're going to teach, like if you can go there and practice there, that's really good. T.D. Jakes talks about this in his book. He has a book called Don't Drop the Mic. It's about communication and teaching. Um, It was pretty good. But again, you'll read someone's style and you're not going to do their style. You're going to hear my notes today. You're going to take some things. You're not going to do all these things. But he, he talked about how he would go in the sanctuary and he would, he would do it. He would just roar and there's nobody there. What that does is it helps you put yourself in the position. You can see the auditorium. So if you can't get to the practice space, and even if you can get to the space, visualize the people that will be there. Visualize. See these people seeing you. And when you visualize the people seeing you, Look at me. Visualize them like this. <laughs> Visualize them looking absolutely bored. Because guess what? That's how we all look pretty much. It's not that they're bored with you. It's not that they're judging you. It's their listening face. And most people's listening faces are pretty stoic. They're focused on you. They're not judging you. They're not like thinking you're boring them to death. Uh, By the way, so this on the other side of the coin, when someone's preaching or speaking, here's me. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Like I am their cheerleader because I know what it's like to be them. (laughs) So I'm the, the single amen sometimes. My sweet husband, I'm married to a British man who does not say a word in anything. (laughs) He's gotten used to me. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Preach. Like I will... And then, but it'll always bring up the room a little bit. I'm sure I annoy some people, but I know, and especially if that, if I'm in a church where they don't do that, I'm aware like, okay, this is like a very stoic church. This is like Tim Keller teaching. Everyone's getting it. But if it's in a church where I can tell the speaker's like trying to, yes, are you with me? Like he's trying to get this, this thing going. I'm, I'm in, I'm gonna help you out. Cause I know what it's like to just stare at a bunch of people who are staring at you. 
So back to what I'm saying is visualize them. Visualize them seeing you and it's okay if they look absolutely not interested, <laughs> but then you can also visualize that one person. Remember I talked about the one person that you're there to talk to. See that woman nodding, see her tearing, see her engaged with you. And by the way, when you do take the, that moment and you're up there and all eyes are on you, I promise you there will be one person there that will connect with you. Find them. Just find them. And then you're, you're preaching to them if you have to for a while. But then you'll find other people. So visualize, visualize, visualize. Uh, see yourself giving the teaching as you practice the teaching. Does that make sense? This is like meta thinking. See yourself. What are you wearing? What are you, how is your body positioning? What do you, what, what's that communication with your language as you see yourself teaching them? This is powerful stuff, y'all. This will get hurdles, this will push hurdles down. These are what basketball players do. They practice free throws. They see themselves releasing the ball at that right angle over and over and over so they can nail it time and time again. I also want to encourage you to see yourself as you practice, see yourself loving it. See yourself having fun. Like, oh my gosh, see yourself preaching your face off. See yourself unhindered. See yourself doing it. See the results that you hope for. See the people who are being set free. See the people responding in an altar call. Whatever it is, go ahead. Dream it, see it. Now, here's the thing. I'm getting ahead of myself, but if when at the end of the event and it's over and you don't see that, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you, 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 you preached by faith and you planted seeds in them that one day that altar call will come. We just, we measure things too much. It's the measuring that gets us in trouble. Just like with our weight, just like with food, anything we try to measure and it, it'll get you in trouble. You're not there because you need a huge response, but permission to begin to see people responding, see what you want it to look like. See them not looking interested. I said that, but see that one person that you're speaking to practically practice speaking slowly, clearly, and deliberately practice speaking slowly clearly and deliberately. When we are nervous, we tend to speak fast. My challenge isn't even so much nerves, or maybe it is, it's I have a lot of energy. Oh, I feel it. And I, I'm there. So I can tend to speak faster than I want to. Over the years, I've learned to slow myself, slow myself, slow. This will happen if you can practice meditation more. It'll help quench that fight, flight, freeze, like trying to survive the moment. Just you can be more peaceful. So practice speaking slowly, clearly, and deliberately. When I go to an event, when I'm about to go on stage or whatever, I will be in back wherever I am, and I will say this, I speak slowly, clearly, and deliberately. I speak slowly, clearly, and deliberately. Be okay with silence and awkward pauses. Be okay with silence and awkward pause. It'll feel awkward to you, 
It gives them a minute to absorb it. Gives it, it gives the Holy Spirit a minute to sit instead of trying to get in 90 words per minute, you know, like just be okay. We tend to use ums and ahs because we don't like pauses and silence. <laughs> That's is why I say, write down what you want to say, practice saying it. I don't, when I write down something I want to say, I don't say uh and um, I don't write those down. <laughs> but again, I, you feel the uh and the um because you're trying to fill a void. Say what you're going to say. You can hold it. Look at your notes to know where you're going next. Go. This is for anyone who feels like anxious in your body when you're up there. One of the things that you can do is uh, it, like use your hand gestures. Use your body. Don't be like crazy, but use your body to talk. Move a little bit. You can walk some of this, some of that area, move around the platform. Just be careful not to be someone who moves so much you make people dizzy. I've seen that sometimes where I can tell someone's so nervous they're just pacing back and forth. And I'm for them, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting kind of dizzy back and forth. But I get it. They're trying to release the energy in their body. So when you're speaking, if you use gestures, hands, that will help as well if you're someone who feels it, especially if you're someone who shakes or tremors a little bit. And for some people just have these uh, low-grade tremors. Go ahead and lean into the movement. Lean into the, that energy some. The other thing, and this is all again in practice, practice, practice. This last week I'm practicing all these things. Uh, am I going to use notes or no notes? I've done both. If I've practiced enough and I know it, I don't need the notes. I'm ready to go. But most of the time, because I don't have the time to practice that much, then I will um, have my notes up there. It's up to you. I do time myself as well. You want to time yourself. <laughs> and I now know when I write something out, I know like a page and a half, actually it's about six pages of just written notes, writing it out as if I know what I'm going to say. That pretty much around six to eight pages is equal to a 40, 40 minute talk for me, which I can condense those down into about a page bullet points. So it helps me know timing. You'll start to figure out your time of, of how much you can cover in so much time. But that's important because if you don't practice the time, you'll panic when you're like, I'm out of time. And then you're like trying to figure and scramble at the last minute. By the way, this is a side note. The whole write to speak and speak to write, write, write it down to speak and speak to write. Did you know that is how Max Licato writes his books? Max Licato has like done, I don't even know how many books at this point. He's high up there. He's got to be about 40 or some books. He's a pastor of a church and he writes all of his messages out and then he goes and teaches them. And the ones that hit and resonate, and he, he, he finds like, oh, there's something here. Then he expands upon it and makes it like a series, a preaching series. And he's written it all out. And then he just turns it over and they turn it into a book. So there's, he's never really written a book is what he's like. I don't really write books. I just write what I'm going to say. And then I, he can turn it into a book. So I'm like, well, that's brilliant. And I've just started doing that in the last two years to help me with content creation to like, if I just write it down as if I'm saying it, then later it can go and be served in other places. It's not just stuck in my head as a bullet point. 
So hope that helps. Okay, day of speaking, um, like, or the moments before, get in your body. <laughs> you got to get in your body. First thing that means is get centered and get alone with God. The day you're going to speak, get quiet. When I do a rev on the road, they know that I have a, a room that's just, that's, that to me is what a green room's for. It's not for like snacks and stuff. It's like, I just need quiet. I need to bring my nerves before God. I need to like just get centered. And that is to me, get in my body, whew, calm, be still, literally have a, some be still time with him and pray and just get centered and get alone with God. That is getting in my body. Um, don't forget that audience of one. The second thing about getting embodied with that nervous energy, you want to harness it. It's good energy for you. It's good energy. If you're nervous, that is not a bad sign. That is good. That's something you can turn into useful energy. So these are some techniques I will do for my nerves as I'm about to go on and speak or however it is, or whatever I'm called to. Um, percussion. I call these percussion instruments. You guys know, I don't have mine right now. Those like TheraBody, like little massage things. There's little like handheld ones. You can get them on Amazon. I will just run that around my body and let it go. Breathe, breathe. And if you don't do that, the next thing you can do are taps, claps, and I'll breathe. Just kind of find my body in space. Give it a little love tap. You can do rinses. Rinses look like this. You see some speakers do this where they'll just bob and breathe. Literally, it's like you've got to get this stuff off of you because if you just try to go on the stage and you've got that all bouncing around, it'll feel overwhelming. So there's, that's like called a rinse. And then as I said, breathe. Inhale for the count of four. Hold it. Exhale maybe for the count of like seven. Go for a long exhale. Hold it. Inhale for the count of four. Right? Box your breathing. That's good, Kristen. I can see she's doing it. Yeah. Tell me, have you ever known a breath to not shift your state? <laughs> no. It'll do it. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit with you. The breath of God, the Spirit of God, the breath, the wind. It's in you. So... I think I do all this stuff. You just kind of, okay, come on, come on, get in, get here, get here, get now and bring it down. Warm up your instrument. <laughs> Everyone, let's do it together. Ready? Do this. Take your bottom, take your tongue and push it to the bottom of your teeth. Uh -huh. You'll feel a jaw stretch. It's not pretty, I know, but what happens is you get locked up here, especially if you're tense. Anyone clench their jaw at night when you're stressed? You say, yeah, yeah, girl, Amanda. Yeah, if you clench, if you're a clencher, and if you're not a clencher, then you're a squisher. You, we hold it all up here. So stretch it out. Ah, open. There are stretches on YouTube that will show you like jaw release. I will push that. I will push my tongue out. Stretch my tongue off of her. Uh -huh. Just, it looks weird, but it, there's so much tension up here. 
If we can open it, a side-to-side jaw. Uh-huh. And then once I've opened and stretched the jaw muscles out, then I will start to do the tip of the teeth, the top of the tongue, the tip of the teeth, the top of the tongue, a proper cup of coffee in a coffee or a copper coffee pot. Like just, just practice the instrument a little bit. Get your enunciation out. Get, your, get that muscle warmed up. Otherwise, it's like you're jumping in cold. It just doesn't feel, doesn't feel as good. You will love, if you guys do that, I promise you, you'll be like, well, that feels better than just jumping in cold. Uh, There are vocal warm-ups. I don't want to keep you guys long. Sorry, I'm going long, but I'm giving you, I'm giving you all I got, all I got. Um, You can do that. I warm up my voice. As I'm getting older, my voice is getting more strained after all the years of teaching. So there's different vocal exercises that I do for about four minutes. Don't be afraid if you go off script. I was saying that if you go somewhere and you're up there, it's because the Holy Spirit took you there. You can come back and return. Uh, We have this saying in Rev, prepare as if the Holy Spirit won't show up and then expect him to show up. (laughs) Prepare as if he won't. That's why spend the time with the Lord. Get the notes down. Do whatever it is to really feel like you've, you've worked on that message. And then prepare for him to show up because... When he does, don't be afraid to go with him. Don't be afraid. Go. Go, go, go. And if he goes somewhere, you can always come back because you know where to go next. And I would rather, even though if I've scripted something out and I didn't get through it, but, but the Holy Spirit took me on a little goo, like a ride over here, I'd rather go that way because I guarantee you're going to get, it's going to hit everyone. And they're going to be like, if you only came up and said that, then you can come back to your notes if you want to, if you have time. And if not, don't worry about it. Right? I have a, a dog named Stanley. He's a German short hair pointer. And he's a hunting dog. And so he picks things up with his mouth all the time. He picks up shoes. He picks up socks. He picks up stuff. <laughs> and he was trained the words, leave it. When he picks something up with his mouth and we don't want him to have it in his mouth, we say, leave it. And he, he'll drop it, leave it. So I want to close with this. When you are done teaching, leave it. (laughs) You're done. Don't get off stage and start to hold it in your mouth and like think about what I should have done differently. And oh, uh, people and that one woman was looking at me weird and God was that good. And right. You have to know most people get feel criticized on the backside. You feel attacked on the backside, front side, backside, right? I don't know. People, people feel it more on one side or the other. I feel it used to feel it more on the backside. I don't anymore. Because I literally, I leave it. I'm like, that was, that was not, that's not mine. That belongs to the Lord. Uh, I, he's pleased with me. I did it. It doesn't matter if it was received well, not received well. I cannot measure it, right? Man looks at the outside measurement. God's like, great heart. That was amazing. You know, every time he's amazing. He's not like, well, really sucked at that. That's, that's the inner critic in us that wants us to stop speaking. Any questions? I rambled on. I, well, I tried not to ramble. I tried to give you everything, but any questions? Now's your time. You can unmute. Elisa, I would love to hear about like how you actually got started. Uh, I know how you started Revwell, um, but like when was your first 
<laughs> opportunity or I know, you know, you, you prep <laughs> before the opportunity comes. And yeah. so you're ready, but I'd love to hear like, what, what did that look like for you? My, it's long, there's lots of stories. There's little nuggets of that. I could tell the Lord was calling me to preach, use my voice. Um, but I would say the big one ministry wise, I was teaching RevFit and my little, I was just doing one little class in my community. Women were coming and that was probably, you know, you'd have to speak there so I could declare right. a message, but that's also very comfortable for me. And I, if you're a Revelation Wellness instructor, it will feel more comfortable for you to preach while you're moving your body. Yeah. Why? Because it's such an embodied thing. Pre it, it, it's like all of you it just starts to come out. It feels harder to stand on a stage and give us and, and give a, this is me just talking, you know, I can't really drop and do squats right now or turn on some music. And like, you know, I can't multidimensional this thing. It's just me talking. So it's very different. But yeah. my church saw me teaching the classes and women were responding and they had a women's retreat there. This was a big church, their women's retreat. And the speaker dropped out. And they came to me and they asked me to be the speaker of the women's retreat. I had just started teaching. I, I look, I was thinking about you guys the other day, thinking about that going, God, that is crazy. But that was the Lord's way of saying, you're going to do this. Like yeah. you go because they didn't have any reason to choose me. And I don't even yeah. know. I look back on that teaching. I remember it was on about transformation. I remember that the, the pamphlet had like a butterfly, like freedom. And so I, clearly they saw that would be a message that I could do, but I don't even yeah. know if that teaching was any good. I have no idea. I do remember being on that stage. I do remember letting it rip. I do remember a lot of that, but I also will tell you this, you guys, I was so insecure in who I was at that point. Cause I was so new to it that I remember when I would finish teaching the first session I went to teach, it was like a good hundred, 200 women. And it was at Lost Canyon, by the way, if you've been up mm -hmm. to Center, in that place, was the first time I ever took a stage. Wow. And after I got off stage, I wanted to hide. I wanted yes. to hide so bad. I was so raw. Yep. And the women all were going back to their cabins to do small groups. And I was in the leadership cabin. And I did not want to go back to the leadership cabin. I was so, like, afraid. And I didn't go yeah. back to the cabin. I went and found some other cabin to just, like, sit in on, like, with the students and I remember the students being like, oh my yes. gosh, you're here. I'm like, well, I just want to be here. I just felt so exposed. Um, I think of like yes. Saul in the Bible when Saul as a king, you know, he gets, he's called as a king, but then he's hiding out in the baggage. Like he looks like yep. he looked the part, but he really has, he had a lot of vulnerabilities mm -hmm. that set him up for, yep. you know, the failures and the falls. So it just showed yeah. me like, okay, I had growing to do. So. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I faded it out because more questions happened and I wanted to protect the privacy of those who showed up. And then we had a nice little prayer at the end and it was amazing. And we were all crying and goodness, God is good. And you have a voice, go use it. Practice, 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 practice. I'm telling you, if you ever come over, you'll just find me talking out loud in my office, in my kitchen, all the places. It's my favorite thing to do. I hope it's yours too. All right, let's keep talking. Peace.